Hey everyone, and welcome out to episode 54 of a Nerd Named Mark podcast. It's me, it's Mark, your lovely nerdy host. Uh, you know, before I get into the episode, which is going to have comic books, video games, main topic I'm going to be talking about, Cobra Kai Season 1 and 2, Bill and Ted Face the Music, and New Mutants. But before I get into that, um, I just found out really briefly before actually recording this episode that Chadwick Boseman has uh, sadly passed away. Um, He's been battling cancer since 2016. Um, I never dabble in like the personal lives of celebrities. I think there's too many crazy people out there that care too much about every little detail and every aspect of whether it's an actor, musician, social media influencer, Develop, game developer this and that like people there's people out there that dive too deep into their personal lives and i've never been that type so i'd even know i don't even know if it was public knowledge i haven't even looked into you know reading the details or anything because it's like i personally i don't want to know like i've lost family members who have had stage four cancer but this isn't about me um Chadwick bozeman great actor i know he will forever be known as black panther because that was you know not to take anything away, besides it just being a fantastic movie, it, you know, we had a major solo film with an African-American superhero and influenced and inspired, you know, a lot of kids of the African-American community because they didn't have that representation. Yes, there was Blade, technically Spawn, but those weren't impactful in the sense of what they stood for and the inspiration side of things you know and he was a phenomenal actor like i recently saw 21 bridges again because i think that was really great acting in that i mean he played jackie robinson in 42 you know he was in a lot of films and Really good actor, really nice guy. Like I, the one thing I do remember is just all the postings of him going to visit kids at children's hospitals, this and that. So, to see the fact that he was going out and doing that while actually having his own battles with cancer is just like the the work ethic on top of everything else. Like that's that's commendable. That's something you have to respect. And I will say this: I'm really disappointed in social media with all the people already saying what's going to happen with Black Panther two this and that that's not important okay the mcu in these films like this is fictional characters yes they can be used to inspire people but uh, a wonderful human being lost their life and i honestly do not care about black panther 2 recastings of this and that that's not even that's not that didn't even go through my mind when i heard the news and it's very just odd to see so many people care about that instead you know horrible loss i mean he was so young he was 43 gonna turn 44 just you know young full career ahead of him like i said he was battling it since 2016 so obviously you know i didn't know about it but like i said not a lot of people dive into that and i mean i'm pretty sure just given how much you know visiting kids in hospitals and his work schedule i don't personally think he actually made it public knowledge you know but yeah, so sad and lost. We lost a phenomenal actor, wonderful human being with Chadwick Boseman. Um, you know, thoughts and prayers to the family and friends. I've already seen the outpour of people, you know, 
who he's lives he's touched and inspired and it's just like more people need to be like that you know especially when you are in the public's eye to have someone who actually is like doing good you know to make wanting change wanting things to be better more people need to be like that and i hope in the future more people are like him with that being said let's uh you know let's kind of that got that got real uh somber even my tone of voice i was like oh man but you know it's episode 54 and you know i haven't really talked about movies a lot lately so i'm kind of excited because i've waited i think it's been what 19 plus years since bill and ted's was it bogus adventure or bogus journey came out yeah because the first one i think was excellent adventure so yeah, I'm really excited to, uh, you know, once this movie came out and it had the release date, I was like, oh, I want to see it. I was really upset because, you know, movie theaters are closed here in San Diego. We do have a couple drive-ins. If you haven't listened already, there's a previous episode where I go in on how drive-ins should make a comeback. And, and just the experience of going to drive-in is just something I will always treasure. But seeing, you know, I was like, okay, it's video on demand. Unlike, you know, New Mutants, which is, I do I think due to contracts previously before Disney got the rights uh, to the film, it has to be in theaters for a week or so before they can offer video on demand. I'm not sure because I haven't seen the details, but I was so happy it was video on demand because I was like, ah, oh, I get to just sit down on my couch and just watch this it, 10-8 in nice HD, no one bothering me. Because with comedies, I hate going to theaters because some people don't know how to uh, control their laughter. And it's not like laughing at every scene, even if it's not funny. It's people who like don't know how to stop the laughter when the, the, the joke's over and like let some dialogue happen. It's just like, no. <laughs> it's like, could you, could you please stop laughing? It was funny. It was a good belly chuckle. It's not a, a obnoxious and extensive like laugh track that's needed right now. So... You know, I picked up Bill and Ted, based the music digitally, because, yeah, you know, Amazon's delicious. And also, you can talk about Cobra Kai, because it's on Netflix now for season one and two. So, I'm really excited I'm going to talk about all that stuff. But before I get into all that stuff, obviously we know how the format of the show works now that um, this is, you know, we're back on our normal non-thematic episodes and specials. We got to talk about our comic books. We got to talk about the polls because Batman three jokers dropped from DC black label. And I haven't read it yet because I just haven't at the time of recording this. I have it. I bought all the covers and I got the black and white. I think it was a one in store or whatever, however it's worked. So I got the five regular covers plus the black and white. And, uh, it looks good. I'm excited. I, I kind of go against myself. I kind of contradict myself with Batman, my love-hate relationship, so to speak. Uh, I still am a firm believer that DC doubled down way too much on Batman. It's, Batman's such an oversaturated character. And I get it, he sells. He makes them money. But your other heroes would make money too if you gave them more spotlight. You know, you can't, it's kind of like wrestling. It's like, okay, you're going to have... John Cena is your top draw and your champion. He's going to go over on everybody. And, but, you know, if you're not going to build up other stars for other people to care about, you're always going to have to rely on John Cena. Big match John. 
Dr. Thugonomics, the chain game, you know? So I think, you know, DC, yes, Superman's been a forefront. They, they, after, you know, Brightest Day and Blackest Night, which put the Green Lanterns and the various Green Lantern Corps, you know, in the forefront, New 52's really built up Aquaman, especially going into Aquaman and Batman fighting for who was going to be leader of the Justice League. And we got that sick uh, Aquaman versus the Justice League couple issue arc, which was, mm. but like even with the Shazam movie was coming out, like, you know, they're releasing Shazam comics, redid them over and then delays and this and that kind of squandered. But they always go back to the well of Batman. I mean, at one point we had Batman, Batman and Robin, Batman Incorporated, uh, Detective Comics, and a few other Batman ones. And that was around the time they, like, right where, like, Death of the Family started. And I'm like, there's so much Batman. Like, I don't, I don't need this much Batman. But, so I don't really collect, I get Batman when they're in trades now. I don't pull his shoes, uh, except for, like, black label stuff. Like, I got Batman Damned 1 through 3, all the covers, this and that. Um, so I was kind of excited because Three Jokers sounded really good. I haven't been into, like, the death metal and Batman Who Laughs stuff. I have the trade for Batman Who Laughs, and the death metal stuff looks intriguing. I will pick it up with trades. So I got those. Then, now that we're two issues left, I got f- issue 53 of Mighty Morphin Power Rangers from Boom's Studios. Ryan Parrott, once again, great writing. He introduced the Dark Rangers, which are now Rangers like that Lord Zed has created, and it's actually Goldar, Finster, Rita, etc. They morph, and the morphers they use, oddly enough, are the morphers from the 2017, 16 movie that came out. Um, so I thought that was kind of cool. And then also I got my X Men number eleven because Hickman killing it with X Men. There's the Empire like crossover events going on right now, and sadly because I'm only pulling hickman's x-men i don't know everything from empire that's going on so i will be having to um get the trade for that um so far for what i'm reading in x-men it's really interesting uh usually i avoid big arcs until the trades come out the last one i did was like war of the realms i read that whole entire thing as it was coming out and i eventually will plan on doing like an episode where i just break down that whole entire comic arc because i think it was really good same with like house and powers of x which is the only reason why i'm actually pulling x-men because before all that, I had not pulled an X-Men issue in probably close to a decade. Not going to lie. So with House of Powers of X, Hickman was killing it. And then the regular X-Men run, I was like, you know what? Screw it. I'm down. I'm doubling down on X-Men. I'm getting back into it. And then the the mecca of what came out, the, the holy grail of Marvel right now is Donnie Cates' Thor. In issue six, Herald of None dropped. Thor is the Herald of Galactus, by the way. So not only is he the All-Father and the King and just dominant and just a, like a force to be reckoned with, he's the Herald of Galactus. That's right. He's got the Galactus powers. He's got, he's got that good, good powers. And... Um, I'm not going to even talk about this issue. What happens is something major happens, which just shows how powerful Thor is now and just how badass he is. Like seeing Thor get this quality of comics and writing right now and art, by the way, like I always talk about the story, but the art is just mm, so good. So delicious. And to round out everything, another series has ended. 
from one of my favorite writers, Cinegrace. Ghosted in LA number 12 dropped. And the last year, this has been such such a great such a great issue, such a great run, such a great story. Uh Cinegrace is definitely a writing force to just watch and to keep track of and see what he's going to do next. He his Iceman run was really good. Go Go Power Rangers. Now he has Ghosted in L.A. Before that, he did Jughead Time Police, which or Patrol. I always get that mixed up. It's either Patrol or Police. I think it's Police. But his writing, like he gets some. Like there's something unique about it. There's something about the way he could tell a story with characters and even the dialogue. I think I think it's honestly his ability to write dialogue that really hones in that can draw you in because anyone can you know write action sequences and have funny stories and this and that like deadpool deadpool is always going to be a staple because it's like easy just write some burritos and taco jokes in there some meta fourth wall breaking easy but to be able to have grounded characters interject some humor with some pop culture references and great one-liners too that you can use in everyday life so ghost in la ended with issue 12 I have volume one, which is issues one through six. I also have all 12 issues with different covers. And I will be getting volume two, which will probably be the last six issues combined. And, you know, I'm sad to see this run end. I haven't read issue 12 yet. Um, it's one of those things over the week, you know, the week. I'm probably going to sit down with all 12 issues and just read them. In one big, in one sitting, as one block of a story, and if you haven't already, go to a local comic book store, pick up Ghost in an LA, or go to Amazon or Barnes and Noble, pick up Volume One as a trade. Um, the covers are amazing, so you probably would want to go to your local comic book shop and try and find some of those issues. Um, if not, you know, tell your local comic book shop like, "Hey, I want this comic," because my shop didn't actually like carry it; they ordered these for me when they were coming out like i added them to my subscription list because i found issue one and i was like oh it's amazing i knew this was coming out i forgot when and then i told him like hey can you add this to my pull list like oh yeah like they just kind of had it because it was boom promotion type thing or whatever they didn't tell me the logistics as to why they had this issue but they decided they had one so i got it and then i was like hey can you add this to my list like oh yeah we were wondering how it was going to sell figure order them because they were only ordering other than major comics they were only doing subscription-based orders so i was like no this needs to be on my list it was the point where i would tell other customers like hey you gotta try this out you gotta like read it read this issue like just give it a try grab issue one grab it digitally because they don't have it physically here then i've gotten a few people to enjoy this comic because it's one of the things i'm curious to see what cinegrace does next for writing um, I'm always the type of collector and comic book reader where it's like I latch on to writers and artists. Um, more writers than artists, though. Um, so if there's like Orion Parrot, Sidigrace, uh, Nick Chester, Hickman, uh, who else am I? I'm forgetting. I'm forgetting someone really important. Kyle Higgins, even. Like if I, I will follow their careers. I will check out whatever they write because. I like the way they write and I like their storytelling. So it's like, you know, Hickman after X-Men, he could be like, oh, well, I'm going to take over uh, Thor from Donny Cates. And it's like, oh, that's cool. Or Donny Cates could be like, okay, I'm uh, next after this. I'm going to write, you know, a Silver Surfer or 
I'm going to go write like a X-Men spinoff like Magneto or something like he and I'll, or Spider-Man. And I'll be like, you know what? You're one of my favorite writers. You got my purchase. You got my financial support on whatever projects you work on. Or they might go do some indie comics with an original story like Ghost in L.A. And I will be like, yep, you, you got it. So that's really it for comics. You know, uh, it was even though it was a small week, it was a big financial purchase because the getting all the covers and everything for the three jokers is, was expensive. And there was a CG. I got an email. There's a CGC private signing coming up with um, uh, Jeff Johns and Jacobs or Jacob. I forgot his name. I feel really bad because I forget his name or I think it's Fobach. Fobach. Yeah. Uh, they're doing a CGC signing, so I'm going to decide which of the three Jokers covers I'm going to get sent out to get signed by both, uh, pressed, and slabbed and graded. I'm, I'm, they're still all in the bags, so I'm, I'm assuming I'm going to get a 9.8 on the CGC for them. Those are going to look good on the wall. That's, now it's just deciding which cover. And that's it for comics. So, obviously, we got to talk about some games, because... At the time this is going live, also I started putting the show up on Mondays, uh, just because my work week schedules changed. So this is, episode's going to go up on Monday, but I do want to go back to the Fridays again. So fifty five will actually be this Friday in four days. I'm going to go back to Fridays, uh, even though it's going live on Monday. I'm recording it, you know, over the weekend. Uh, just it's working out, and I hiked. We hiked a mountain because I was trying to find a waterfall, which didn't really work in my favor. And so, because it was like 100 degrees out, which was a big mistake, honestly, but hey, cardio. And so, you know, just preparing, getting a lot of stuff done, playing games, and preparing for uh, Marvel's Avengers is coming out. And I got the deluxe edition, so I get to play that early. And I'm going to play some Ghost of Tsushima finally, uh, after all my friends telling me about it. I was like, screw it, I got a lot of GameStop store credit. Like, to the point where my my Xbox Series X is already covered. And so I was like, alright, well, let me get... Oh, I hit my glasses on this windscreen. Uh, so I was like, let me go get this... Uh, let me go get this, uh, this Ghost of Tsushima. Let me see what that's all about. So I'm going to start playing that. And, you know, Marvel Avengers. But in the meantime, uh, I'm still playing Rogue Company uh, on the Switch... And the Xbox, but the main thing that's really taking up a lot of my time is Wasteland 3, because that's now live on Game Pass for PC and Xbox One. I love it. It reminds me of just old school Fallout 1 and 2, kind of mixed with some XCOM elements. Um, I always liked those types of games. Like, I'm a fan of Fallout from a story standpoint and dialogue choices and this and that, but I always was drawn more to fallout one and two over three and four and like new vegas uh i just there's something more to it it kind of seems more close to but very very dialogue heavy from like a text reading standpoint even though this game has almost full voice acting and voiceover work uh just like fallout one and two is like i felt like it was more almost like a pen and paper type rpg situation where it's like you're reading it and you got to make your choices, this and that. It wasn't like full 3D, you know, top-down 2D, sometimes 16-bit, not good graphics. But Wasteland 3 has great graphics, uh, great supporting cast of characters. Love the character customization and leveling up and everything else. And I have a, I have a, a, a short, a really short person 
a dwarf sniper. It's hilarious. It's amazing. Gave him a nice voice, decked him out in armor, and I was like, this is great. So that's like the main game that's been I've been spending a lot of time with. I noticed there's, for PC and for Xbox, there's two different achievement lists. And it's almost like playing two different games from a UI and control standpoint, because even with, like, because it's really easy to play, so you could use mouse, you know, uh, on the keyboard. You don't need your direct, you don't need the keyboard at all. You can just play with a mouse. And on Xbox, you know, you got the full controller support, obviously. And it plays, like, two different games with just the controls alone. And I have two different, like, saves and two different, like, ways I'm playing on each one. So it's like, while I'm on the PC, I'm playing, you know, by the book, good guy, not a douchebag. But on Xbox, I'm like, I'm a just straight-up asshole in Wasteland 3. So that's kind of how that's been going for gaming. Uh, other than that, I'm trying to think what else I've been playing. Uh, I did download the Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles remastered or remake on the Nintendo Switch. Um, not really sold on it because they have a light version that you can play like some of the game, like three chapters or so. And if your friends have the the fully purchased version, you can play with them uh, if they have it. But you can't play with other people who have the light version. I'm not really sold on it. I was a big fan of the GameCube game. Uh, you know, when you have to take your Game Boy Advance SPs and get the little adapter and connect them to the GameCube for your friends to play, they couldn't actually use regular controllers. They had to use the Game Boy Advance or the Game Boy Advance SP. And I just remember my friend's basement. We're sitting down there. We're all Game Boy just spending hours like Cheetos and Doritos and Mountain Dew and Pepsi and just playing that game. And then, so it was like kind of like a nostalgia kick, but I started playing it. Wasn't feeling it real quick. And I was like, ah, it's like this, um, it, it, I feel like it didn't age well, even though it's remastered, like they just, it's not modern enough, especially when you see what they did for the remaster for five seven remake compared to the original. That's like an overhaul, not just graphics, but additional story stuff. This game just kind of, it seemed rushed if that makes any sense. So I was like, yeah. And then I'm trying to think I was playing, playing something else, but I don't remember now because yeah. Uh, it's been a lot of Wasteland 3. But that's it. That's it for games. That's it for comics. Let's just let's get into the bread and butter. Let's get into the delicious, delicious topic at hand. And I'm going to start with Cobra Kai. We're going to end this with Bill and Ted. So Cobra Kai was like, I guess, a YouTube red show or whatever, produced by Sony. Uh, it's a real-time sequel, which when done right can be good. Uh, I will say this because I figure the theme of real-time sequels is going to be the the theme for this topic because we have Bill and Ted and we have Cobra Kai. So I this was such an 80s nostalgia with this. Like Karate Kid, one, part one, two, great films. Part three, I didn't hate. Uh, the new Karate Kid with Hilary Swank wasn't bad, but I just really... I'm a big fan of early 80s, mid, early to mid 80s, like film, not from like horror in general, but like just general films, you know, like John Hughes films, stuff like that. So I, there's been debates over the years and slowly I have become to the uh, decision that Daniel San was the villain of Karate Kid 1, definitely, especially if you look at the fact that Ultimately, when he had the fight with Miyagi, I think in part two or part three, he actually, like, joined Cobra Kai, you know, became a dick. But when you look at 
you know, Karate Kid 1, he was kind of a dick. Like, purposely went out and started flirting with and hitting on someone else's girlfriend. And then, you know, sucker punching Johnny. Like, along the way, and sabotage, like, attacking him in the bathroom with the shower and dumping water on. It's like, you kind of realize Daniel is fucking, he's kind of a dick. And this show really plays up on that. Like, within the first couple episodes of season one, like, because it takes place from, honestly, the standpoint of Johnny. He's the main character this time around because he's reviving, you know, Cobra Kai. And he's, you know, his first student is his neighbor, Miguel, who, you know, is getting picked on. He's getting attacked by some bullies, and Johnny steps in and just bodies these freaking, like, 16-year-olds because I assume they're all sophomores. So... You know, it's kind of cool to see him, like, bring back Cobra Kai the Sat, and then, you know, Daniel is now running, like, a chain of uh, car dealerships. He's got his face on billboards, karate chopping the competition. This, that He's really playing up and living off of that that championship win. And I'm like, oh, I was like, what a scummy thing. Like, you can kind of see, like, he is a dick. He is kind of like the bad guy this time around, you know? And by the end of the first season, you're just like, Mm. They they end it with the All Valley Tournament. Uh, I'm not going to spoil it because it is just, even though it's been out for a while from YouTube Red, it did just get added to Netflix. So there's a lot of people who haven't seen this before because it's now one of the number one ranking shows in the U.S. because thanks to Netflix. So, you know, I think from a real-time sequel standpoint, they handled it so well because... They use enough flashbacks, enough dialogue and character development to kind of fill in the gaps of that that time frame of what's happened over, you know, 25 years. So I was like, yes, this is season two was even better. Ended on a cliffhanger, like not a cliffhanger, but it ended with like a little, ooh, what's going to happen next? But kind of find out there's a season three. It was done. Uh, from what my understanding is, I don't know if that was 100% confirmed, um, but there was season three is done and the reason why netflix hasn't released yet is because they want people time to enjoy season one and two before dropping a new season and of course me being me i binge watch everything so i'm just like but i'm already done it's like each season i think is like i think season one's eight episodes and season two is 10 episodes but they're like 23 minutes each episode so obviously i went through we went through season one and two in a span of a weekend and now it's just like Give me season three. Give me now. I need it. I want to know what's gonna go. What's gonna happen next? So if you haven't already, go boot up Netflix. You know it's a nice day out, kind of hot out. So why not turn on the AC, grab yourself a nice cold, delicious Coke Zero, not an ad, and watch some Cobra Kai and relive the '80s nostalgia. Because the cool thing about how their characters have evolved over the years without them actually being on screen is like. From the, the nostalgia throwbacks to the flashbacks to actual scenes from the movies. I'm just like, this, I'm kind of glad this show exists. Because it was, it was so good. Like, I can, I, I have nothing negative to actually say about the show. I really don't. Except for some plot points and some scenes were kind of predictable for foresh- from a foreshadowing standpoint. Um, So, it's not, you know... But other than that, you can't really complain. Everything is kind of predictable nowadays, especially with proper foreshadowing. And if you read into things and you're really paying attention to everything that's being shown. But at the end of the day, just it's still enjoying it. It's still a nice, nice, nice show to watch. I'm 
I, I'm anticipating. I'll probably watch season one and two again right before season three drops just to refresh everything I watched in it. But that's it for Cobra Kai. That's it. That's it. Go check it out on Netflix. It's available right now. It's obviously on the trending tab for trending now. Unless you were like me and you added it to your queue when it was, remind me when it's available. And then it was like, bloop, bloop, hey, Mark, Cobra Kai never dies. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> I get it. So now into the main movie. Oh, actually, before we get into the main movie, I did mention New Mutants. I haven't seen it. Um, it's, I, I plan on it. Uh, apparently it's hot trash, though. But I still want to see it. I still want to enjoy it. Uh, it's not video on demand, so I have to wait. That's it. Now, on to Bill and Ted face the music. I pause for dramatic effect because that movie, I think it's been 19 years since the last movie came out, and I was such a huge Bill and Ted fan. I just, everything about it, so good. Actually, when I watched the first movie when I was a kid, it actually got me into, like, Bach and... Beethoven or something like that, because I was like, oh, man, what's that classical music, man? Because, like, I took piano lessons, but I was, you know, I was young. I didn't care about, like, who pianists were and stuff like that. But I was like, oh, man, like, I, I was a fan of Stevie Wonder and Ray Charles and things of that nature. But then I was like, oh, I got into the classical side of it because of that movie when they were going through the historical figures and this and that. And you kind of, like, it's almost like, even though it was a comedy in the set, you kind of learned some, some shit watching that movie, the first one, you know? And... Second one, Bogus, was just so good. William Sadler as Death, them having to play party games to beat Death to allow back out of hell, back to Earth, or, well, the plane of existence of Earth. It was just, it's Station. Like, everything about those movies. And George Carlin, I mean, uh, he was a great comedian, a good actor. He was just... Any role he had, whether it was him playing in Dogma or, you know, Bill and Ted, like, in a stand-up, he was so good in everything he did. And I feel like this movie really handled, because I was worried they were going to, like, recast him, you know? And I I was afraid, but then when I read, you know, interviews with that, they said they weren't going to recast him. I think they handled it really well. We have his daughter in this movie, and... You know, once again, you know, at the end of Boat, they were supposed to write this song that was supposed to, you know, change the world and save the world, and they never did, and it's a real-time sequel, that's what the theme is, so now it's been, you know, 20 years later, or 20-plus years later in their time frame, and they still haven't wrote the song, and they're, you know, not really, they're, they're, they're still trying, and it's just kind of hilarious to see that they're, you know, and... They're, they got so many of the returning cast members from previous films. Obviously, um, the princesses have been recasted, and the actresses who took, replaced them did a great job. I thought, even though they weren't, um, they were a major plot point, but they weren't in every scene. But when they were, it was the good chemistry was there. So that's all that matters. Um, but yeah, now they have to, they have to, they have less than a day to write this song. Because now it's not only to save the world, like it's the universe, and kind of they, they kind of introduce like a multiverse type situation from all time points of this and that. We're just gonna, you know, different historical figures were teleporting at the current time and vice versa. It was very entertaining. Um, I'm trying to like be as like spoiler light as possible. 
without like ruining the movie for anybody. Um, William Sadler returns as Death. I mean, he 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 knocked it out of the park, and it's one of those things where it's almost like no time passed because they all just meshed well on screen, as if like this was there was a, you know twenty years between all of them being in a movie together, um, and uh, I don't know. It's there's so many bad real time sequels that have come out. I mean, we had Dumb and Dumber or whatever the sequel that were. Jim Carrey and Jeff actually returned as their roles and not the prequel one. That one was just awful. Uh, but I have noticed the real-time sequels have really been of quality because Halloween was, that came out you know, two years ago was phenomenal. And that was a real-time sequel to Halloween 2, so like H2O and some of that never happened. And then we got Bill and Ted, Cobra Kai. I was like, man, like Bill and Ted... It, it's definitely this is I, I strongly recommend you go watch this movie um even the ending and everything else like there were some times when i was like keanu reeves just looks funny because he shaved his face and he had no facial hair and i'm so used to like john wick keanu reeves <laughs> where i'm just like but he dialed it back in like he hit you know he, he got back into that character there's some scenes where it's like mm, that seemed kind of forced but they're, they're, the chemistry between the two are still there. Bill and Ted, like, they still encapsulate those characters. Um, I felt that what was funny is that they, they were able to keep it modern and it wasn't really forced comedy. And they're, because they're jumping through different times. Obviously, they're trying to cheat. They're trying not, they, they can't write the song. So they're jumping through future timelines to find themselves after they've written the song. So that's the main, their main story that they're doing. And it's just funny to see all these different future iterations of them. And also realizing like how the music and this and that. And them focusing on the song. And each other has kind of like ruined their marriages. So that's like a subplot that was in that. It was done really well. I'm, I'm most likely going to watch this movie again. I, not even most likely. I definitely will. Um, there's a wrestling pay-per-view payback. So I have to watch that. But I'm pretty sure within the week I will be watching Bill and Ted Face the Music. And if you haven't, I mean, you can get on Amazon right now, uh, digital. I don't know what other streaming services, probably Apple TV Plus and stuff like that. You can rent it. My go-to for video on demand stuff is always Amazon Prime or Amazon Instant Video or whatever, or Prime Video. I don't know. They keep renaming all their streaming services over and over again, so I don't even know what it's called anymore. But yeah, so without further ado, that's it. Go check out Bill and Ted's face to music and also check out cobra kai on netflix and that's really it for now um i'm not sure what i'm gonna talk about next week for the next episode haven't decided yet worrying about this uh got some other projects in the works follow me on social media i'll talk about them on there i'm not gonna really go in depth on any of the stuff on here yet until there's something to actually present and hopefully soon i'm gonna start doing some q a's on here i checked my email uh, I've replied to a few of your emails directly because some of you guys were asking me like very specific and direct questions that wouldn't really help uh, everyone. Um, I do have to plan on having some guests on here soon. Again, uh, finally, uh, that's finally being worked out. If you haven't already, go check out the most recent episode of the Loot Bros podcast. I am. Uh, I was. They were. They were gracious enough to extend a uh, offer out to you know, have me come on the show 
fill in a spot, and we talked all about DC fandom. So if you liked my episode about DC fandom, I go on that podcast and we talk about it more so you can actually have a conversation instead of me just ranting about it. So it's a Loop Bros podcast. Definitely go check it out. Great podcast. Um, I, it's one of the podcasts I listen to every week um, because there are a few. And then also, if you haven't already, in all the descriptions below, you'll have all the links to everything. Check out the Facebook page. I did a test stream for Man of Medan on there. Uh, I'm probably going to be doing a stream for Marvel's Avengers on there and a few other games. Uh, as always, Underneath Mark Podcast is available on all podcast streaming platforms, whether it's Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Podbean, iHeartRadio also, in order to find those. And you can listen to it directly on anchor.fm slash A-N-N-M podcast. Uh, but you can actually go to that link and see all the little areas where you can go listen to it. And if you could, on Apple's podcast, please leave me a nice review, a little five-star ski review, maybe a, a little sentence or two about how amazing I am and how much I brighten up your week and how just I ooze, ooze knowledge and just entertainment and about all things nerdy and pop culture. And also, I have the Discord now. Um, the link, all this stuff is in the podcast description. The Discord is pretty cool. We can all hang out, talk about. There's different categories. We can talk about games, comics, movies, tokusatsu. I'm gonna start doing some movie nights on there. Um, streaming directly into there. Uh, it's an easy way. That's how I'm gonna get guests on there because I have all these new apps and programs where I can record the conversations. Uh, you know, just hang out, have fun. Shit post is definitely allowed. Like, I'm all about the memes. So, you have the dank memes, you post them in there. We get kind of excessive with pushing the boundaries and crossing the line on just how fucked up we are mentally with our <laughs> memes. It can be excessive, but it's all good fun. So, check out the official Nerd Name Mark Discord channel. All that stuff is in the description of the podcast below and on the Facebook page. You can follow me on social media. My Twitter and my Instagram are both at a nerd named Mark. Um, Snapchat is still Ion Vane because I, I can't change my username. And yeah, so, you know, that's how you get like my daily updates on comics, covers, throwbacks, uh, other stuff I'm working on, nerdy collectibles I've been getting. And yeah, that's it. I want to thank you all for coming out and listening to our nerd name mark podcast this has been episode 54 and i thank you for listening once again my name is mark and i'm a nerd <laughs> <laughs>